0: Hallelujah! Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Last year, I was in Ecuador uh, on a trip plotting out the pilgrimage. And uh, I learned something interesting about them. They are a Good Friday people. On Good Friday, uh, the churches are packed everywhere you go. But on Easter... On Easter, you can stroll right into church and easily find a pew. They obviously aren't familiar with all saints. Uh, my friend down there told me she was surprised when she uh, first moved down there and her Ecuadorian friends skipped Easter on, uh, for the purpose of playing soccer. They didn't go to Easter Sunday services. They went and played soccer instead. And they were actually surprised at her surprise. You know, they they said, listen, we we already went to church on Good Friday. And and context has a lot to do with this. They have suffered in so many ways there as they have grown trying to catch up with the so-called advanced societies that they have reflected much on their difficulties in a theology that really focuses on sin and repentance. In a way, we can identify with that. We've spent a lot of time in self-reflection during Lent. This past week and Holy Week leading up to and including Good Friday, we reflected on the Last Supper and the death of Jesus' cross, where all seemed lost. The light of the world seemed to be put out, exterminated, leaving us to wonder how we've come to be abandoned. And how the powers and principalities of of bondage and sin wound up with the final word, the last word. The word that says love will not prevail. And that we have no hope for a future in this world. This world that God created for us. Sin and hopelessness seem to have won out in God's creation. But something completely unexpected has happened. God has indeed done something new. It's a new day. A new day in the creation of the world that God has provided for us. In this world, in this present sphere, surely we could not have predicted this. No one did. Dead people stay dead. Death is final. This is clearly what the first disciples of our Lord believed when they visited The tomb of Jesus. Mary, Peter, and John, probably reeling with grief knowing their teacher, the one they thought was the Messiah, is in that tomb. But he's not. He's not there. It's empty. It's a stunning development that sends Peter and John back to their homes. John, thinking something wonderful has just happened, Peter, not knowing what the heck just happened, they're confused. And Mary stays behind weeping, clearly not expecting any kind of a resurrection. Someone has taken the Lord, a cruel ending to a cruel story. Now the unexpected turns incredible. Mary notices angels and then a gardener, not at all what she expects. And she's still weeping, wondering who has taken away the Lord. And it's not until she hears her name from Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, that she recognizes him. And she clutches him, affirming his presence, affirming the reality of his presence right there. God has done something new indeed. Humanity is found in a glorious new kind of body. Although I'm quite sure at the time Mary probably had no idea what to make of that. She probably floored, as we all should be. Now, as incredible as it seems, this passage affirms a physical resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, as does the rest of our New Testament. When it's dealing with the resurrection, we're talking about a physical resurrection. And this is an important detail because it affirms that God is doing something new in creation through Jesus Christ. And because of this resurrection, we now have hope for a new future where God's created order is finally restored. And there's hope for a life that is redeemed and valued, a life that no force of darkness can demean or diminish. And this resurrection affirms that the love of God will not be defeated by death. The love and light in the world still exists and cannot be extinguished. And there's more to this wonderful news. Not only is this original Jewish hope, for resurrection affirmed in Jesus, but our hope for the future is affirmed. God is recreating the world. Jesus has given a new body, so new and so fresh, with a different kind of physicality, that Mary now and others later have a hard time recognizing Jesus at first. This new physicality is a part of new creation. This new creation that was delivered in resurrection. His physicality imperishable. This new physicality is promised to us too. Paul mentions the first fruits of the resurrection as that is Jesus, As Jesus, but there will be more fruit and it will be those who are in Jesus Christ. God is recreating the world, breathing new life into it. And one day this world will be recreated and those in Christ will share in that creation. It will be a physical realm and death and decay will be no more. Because we are in Christ, we share in this new creation. But the resurrection does more than just validate hope for new life, eternal. It's given us real meaning and purpose to our lives. We are not lounging around, waiting to die and float off forever, or waiting to die and come back again. We're to help bring about this new creation. The love we give will remain. The work we do, the lives we touch, the order we restore to this good earth will be validated in new creation. We have a purpose, not to trash things before we depart, but to help put the house in order. The idea that trashing the earth is okay because we'll simply die and go away has no merit. This new creation affirms what we have always believed and said about God that God cares about the world. The world is good, and God will redeem it, and this redemption has already begun. Resurrection, new creation, affirms that we are valuable. The lives we touch are valuable. The powers that tell us that we do not matter no longer have any sway. Humanity matters. Our lives have value and purpose. How many people need to hear this? How many people with isms how many people who are battered, who are addicted, abused, depressed, diminished, defeated, how many human beings out there need to know that they have value and are loved and they don't have to wait until they die for something better? Rather, they can experience and contribute to something great right now. That is why we in all of Christendom are Easter people, not Good Friday people. This is why our baptismal promises carry so much weight, particularly on Easter Day. They affirm the great and meaningful purpose we have been given because of the resurrection. The resurrection affirms that our promises have teeth. We can have faith that when we carry out our promises, they will be validated in God's new creation. Our work of love will remain. No one can kill off love And we need not give in to the forces of the world which try to undermine the fundamental goodness of creation and humanity. The wicked forces which were in full force on Friday have been defeated. And we need not give in to them. But plow ahead. The resurrection changes everything. We have a purpose and a hope for a real future. One in which we can participate now and forever. Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. A new creation has begun. Hallelujah. Christ is risen.